Amen. Yes, he is. He's a good God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Appreciate the Lord tonight and appreciate being able to be here tonight and, and uh, speak and uh, say a little bit about uh, <clears throat> Wednesday night service and, and prayer and, and seeking the Lord. And uh, if you got your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 27. It's a good life living for the Lord, isn't it? Amen. I, I'd rather be here than the best hospital in the world, wouldn't you? <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> I know there ain't nobody like our God tonight. Amen. And uh, the Bible said all good and perfect gifts come from above. And aren't you glad that we serve an awesome God? Amen. That he's, he's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's just our God tonight. And uh, I love the scripture that says that he'll not withhold anything good from them that love him. And uh, I'm glad that I love him tonight. And that puts me in the part where he'll not hold, withhold anything good from me. And uh, <clears throat> I was thinking that uh, every, you know, we already it's, it's getting ready to be Christmas. And you can see we're getting ready and we're preparing for uh, next month and, and everything that's uh, getting ready to happen. And uh, I was thinking, you know, God is, is good 24-7, 365 days a year. God is good to his people, isn't he? And we, celebra we celebrate it once a year, but he's good to us every day. And I, I, I'm so thankful tonight that I serve an awesome God that loves me. Despite who I am, despite my failures, despite uh, my uh, struggles, despite uh, my failures in doing things for him like I should, and despite uh, the things that we just go through on a daily basis, man, he's just good to me 24-7. And I just think we serve an awesome God. And I don't take for granted today because we don't know what tomorrow might bring. But I know who holds tomorrow. Amen? And that makes the difference tonight. And I want to talk about a fellow that, uh, that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament that uh, there was nothing that he went through that happened coincidentally. Nothing that uh, he faced that just seemed to fall in his lap without God knowing. I, I, one thing I do like about God and about you and I as church People and as part of the family of God and, and being birthed into this thing and being grafted into this thing and being a joint heirs with Jesus and to uh, be born again. Uh, one thing I love about God is that for his children, nothing happens coincidentally that he don't know about. In other words, anything that you and I go through, God already knows what's happening. And uh, aren't you glad that nothing catches God off guard? Nothing does. And, and uh, uh, I'm thankful for that tonight, that, that we are his children. We are uh, uh, his people tonight. And, and what you face and what you deal with on a daily basis are uh, what you're going through tonight God just didn't wake up today and said, oh, shoot, I forgot to warn you what was going on. 
Now, we think he's forgot. Sometimes we think, Lord, do you realize what I'm facing today? Uh, God, didn't you get the memo last week? Uh, so sometimes we feel like that we're in that category, but I'm thankful that God knows every hair on my head tonight. And if he breathed into the nostrils of man and they become a living soul and, and if he formed me in my mother's womb and he knew me before I was even coming into this world and if he knows that I'm here tonight in the 21st century, then I think God's got this thing under control. And by the way, God knows what happened last night. And he knows what's happening tomorrow. And so I want to talk about Paul tonight, and, and bear with me, I'm going to try to read, and I don't, <clears throat> I really want to read uh, quite a bit, but I'll try not to because I just ain't the best reader in the world. And I'm like Brother Miller, I, I, difference between me and Brother Miller, I, I gave in to bifocals. And so I made myself just realize I have to have them if I want to see and read Brother Miller, he's still in the nine stage, but he'll get there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay, in, in Matthew, I mean, excuse me, in uh, Acts chapter 27, verse 10, saying, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ships, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurions was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship that by the thing spoken by Paul than that by the thing spoken of Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also, if by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete opening toward the southwest of Northwest and winter there. In verse 13, it says, And when the south winds blew softly, supposing that we had obtained their <clears throat> desire putting out to sea, there sailed close, we sailed there close to Crete. But not long after a tempest head wind arose called, I don't know. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive, and running under the shelter of an island called Claudia, we secured the stiff with difficulty. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship, and fearing lest they should run aground on the Sartus sands, they stuck sail and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed the next day, they lightened the ship. In other words, they threw things over. On the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with, the, their, with their own hands. Now when the, neither sun nor uh, stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat <clears throat> and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we should be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from the food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have <clears throat> listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life amongst you, but only the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, 
to whom I belong and to whom I serve. Aren't you glad that we have ministering angels encapped all about around us tonight? Man, could you imagine being on a ship as Paul was uh, for some 14 days and nights without the sun shining or without the stars uh, uh, twinkling in the sky and, and the ship basically running its course and uh, uh, there's nothing probably any worse uh, when you begin to feel that you're fixing to vanish. If we could accurately anticipate and if we could just plan out our future tonight, uh, in some aspects that would be wonderful. That way we know what's lying ahead. I, 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 I could tell you that uh, I would probably get me an RV and just start traveling around the world uh, for a few months. And so I would say probably uh, in three months I would be somewhere uh, in warmer weather, I'm, I'm supposing I would think that, or somewhere in the mountains, or uh, somewhere in Montana, I would begin to sketch out a plan where I would be for the next few months or the next year in my future. Uh, but unfortunately tonight, uh, uh, we can't always see what lies ahead. We don't always know what next week's going to bring. And uh, don't you just hate it when things are going wonderful? And, and, and it, it just seems like, boy, I'm just in the prime joy of my life. And then something happens that begins to uh, eat at your mind and your, your thoughts and things begin to uh, uh, happen in your body physically. And uh, uh, the, 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 the things that we go through in life begins to tear upon our spirit and upon our souls and, and one day we're doing great and the next day we feel like all hope is gone. We live in reality tonight because it happens to every one of us at some fashion or some form in my, our lives. Sometimes we just go through things. And Paul was set out to, he was in prison and he was set out uh, uh, at sea there and uh, uh, he kind of warned them and said, listen, this thing don't look very well. I, I don't feel good in my spirit about this. But nevertheless, the captain of the ship and the helmsman and all the other guys uh, basically said, we're not going to listen to what Paul has to say. And they went anyways. Paul boarded the ship to Italy as a prisoner to, to appear before Caesar in Rome. Paul had a destiny, he had a place he had to be in the future, uh, but in the meantime, there was things that was going to happen. And sometimes tonight, church, I want to tell you that, that I believe that Jesus said in his word that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. I believe that every child of God has a purpose in life. I don't know exactly what your purpose is, but I do believe there's a purpose that God has for you. I believe there's a plan that God has for you. Just because things happen doesn't mean that God's purpose or God's plans stopped. Doesn't mean that it's over. I've always believed tonight that it's never over until God says it's over. When God's got a plan, nothing's gonna interrupt that plan. See, Paul had to go to Rome. 
He had to be there. So nothing was going to stop Paul from going to Rome. There might be some mishaps along the way. There might be some things that might hinder the trip along the way. But God was going to make sure that Paul got to Rome. Aren't you glad that God's on our side tonight? Aren't you glad that, 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 that you know, sometimes uh, we know that God's on our side, but sometimes we just don't get what God's doing. And we don't understand God at times. And sometimes we just don't have the answers of why God allows this to happen or that to happen. I don't know why in, in 1944 a U.S. air pilot shot down. <clears throat> I don't know why uh, only second, seconds prior to the crash killing 132 people on board the plane, logical minds asked and people said, where was God when 132 people died? I don't know why that sometimes we'll be at work or we'll be going through something and, and uh, our day will just begin to start. Then we'll hear Fox News or some other radio station saying there's been a, a mass shooting at a certain school. And, and uh, we think at times that maybe God just fell asleep or that he just blinked for a minute and missed it. But can I tell you tonight, God don't miss anything. Nothing, nothing God misses tonight. Now, things happen that we may not always understand it, but God knows what he's doing tonight. I want to I encourage you tonight to let you know that God is a good God. And let me tell you something. All good and perfect gifts come from him. Anything other than that is from the devil tonight. If it ain't good, God didn't give it to you. If it ain't good, God didn't throw it at you. But sometimes God allows things to happen. And you know what's great about that tonight? God simply says, listen, if I've given you something, a trial or a test, or, or if you're going through something tonight, let me tell you, God said, listen, have you considered my servant Job? Had you not considered my servant Job, he's a strong, upright, righteous man, sometimes God just says, have you not considered my servant such and such? Because God knows that you're up for the task. He didn't say that he knows that you'll like the task, but he knows that you're up for it. So sometimes when you're going through things, maybe, maybe it's for somebody else. Maybe your faith will Make somebody else see if they can believe God for that. Why can't I? Maybe somebody just needs to see you because the Bible says this, church, that we're written epistles read of all men. Men reads our life every day how we're going to handle situations. Sometimes they look at us and say, are they going to fall under the pressure of what they're dealing with now? How are they going to handle this through it all? See, sometimes we have the world looking at us tonight, and everybody's worried about the, 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 the Republicans losing. I don't, it don't bother me, because I know purposely who's in control of this thing. See, I know who's got, whose hand is in charge of things. I know that, 
that if God planted a star in the sky, he can take care of the Republicans and the Democrats. I know if God put the moon in an orbit and, and uh, if, if we're right now moving around slowly upon the earth and our, our world is turning at this particular moment, I know that if, if I know that, then I know that God's in charge. And I know that he's got everything under his control tonight. And if you're going through something tonight, can I tell you that God is in charge? And he sees what you're going through. Listen, everything that we do, church, we do for the glory of God. Everything that we go through tonight, we go through for the glory of God. Be courageous in the face of, of rejection. Be uh, courageous in, 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 in the time of the storms tonight. Be courageous in the things that we deal with. Be courageous and say, I don't know. All I know is all is well. Last year about this time, I got a phone call Connie and I did and that my, my oldest daughter had got leukemia. And uh, that was a shock because we, we just talked to her a week before that and everything was great and uh, didn't even know that she had any sickness. And so we got a, and I know that y'all heard this and, I'll, and I'm gonna skip through it real fast, but let me just say this, that a week later we found out she's gotta go to the hospital and uh, uh, then they start giving her chemo. Then uh, I go up there and spend about four or five days with her and her husband and uh, every, then she just starts turning for the worse. And the doctor looks at me and my son-in-law said, you better call everybody in. It doesn't look like things are good and that she's gonna make it. I had a choice to make at that moment in my life. My son-in-law is breaking to pieces, rightfully so. My oldest firstborn daughter, I have just been told, may not make it within the next few hours. Everything inside my heart was ripping in two. And my son-in-law looked at me and he said, he said, how can you be so calm at a time like this? I said, son, inside I'm dying. But I know my Redeemer lives tonight. And I said, I know as long as she's breathing, there's still hope. And I didn't give up on that whatsoever. I didn't waver in my faith and believe in God, Brother Randy. I trusted that God said, I'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or even that you think. I put my trust in my hope and my heart, my desire, my yearnings, my cries, my moaning, my groaning, my hurts, my pain, my not understanding, my can't figure it out. She just had twins six months prior to that. God, what in the world are you doing? I didn't say that. But I put my hope and my trust in him at that particular moment. And I said, I'm not believing that lie. It's not over until God says it's over. And all of a sudden, they took her down. Everybody come in there, and we prayed, and we, 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 we talked to God, and we said, God, uh, 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 we, we need you to intervene. And they come down, and uh, three other doctors went down and did an MRI with her. Uh, she was bleeding ferociously. They could not stop the bleeding. Everything looked terrible, and they were scared to do an MRI. Didn't know that she could even do that because she was so weak. Well, they got down there and they started and everything that they uh, was going to do, everything, the blood dried up. Her blood pressure was down to 34 over something. It went way down. But all of a sudden in that room where them three doctors was, everything, every vital in her body started raising. 
Within an hour from the time that my family got there, I can tell you that doctors took her out of ICU in Barnes Hospital and put her in a regular room. I believe that it's not over until God says it's over. And it's not because of me, but it's because of who I serve tonight, church. I don't care what you're facing. I'm here to tell you tonight, it's not over until God says it's over. It's just that simple tonight. We don't know what God's got planned in the midnight hour. Paul and Silas decided to sing a song in the midnight hour. And all of a sudden as they were singing and lifting up the name of Jesus, the chains and the stocks fell off. I don't believe nothing less than the power of Almighty God. I've seen him do things that's beyond our imagination, beyond our comprehension, beyond our highest thoughts. He's a good God. And he loves us tonight. He loves us. Can you imagine being on a ship and feeling like all hope was gone? Well, we may not be on a ship tonight. But I tell you, some of you might feel like you're out at sea. And you might feel tonight that all hope is gone with you. And I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. But you might feel like all hope is gone with you tonight. But I'm promising you tonight, all hope ain't gone. The sails might be torn. The ship might be battered. But I know the anchor and the, and the, the stiller of the storm tonight. And his name is Jesus. You might have some battle scars. You might be hurting physically, mentally, and emotionally. But I'm, I, I want to tell you tonight that, that, that God, the anchor, still holds. I said the anchor still holds tonight, church. Get a hold of this. The anchor still holds for you tonight. It still holds. God's got your back tonight. Hallelujah. He's got your back tonight. He's got you. You're his child. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're one of his tonight. I would move heaven and earth for my girls tonight. I'd do anything for that little baby sitting on her mamaw's lap. I'd give my life for that child. I'd do anything for that child right there. I'd move heaven and earth if I could. I'm telling you, if, if, if I could do that in the human sense, what would God do in the super spiritual sense of things of life for his children tonight? Would not you move heaven and earth for your child let me tell you, God will do what he needs to do for you tonight. That's a big God, isn't it? That's an amazing God. That's an amazing God. Sometimes all hope seems lost. And sometimes Sometimes in the, the midst of the, and, and listen to me. Some battles last a month. <clears throat> some lasts six months. And then sometimes the devil just comes back, pops his head back and says, I'm back. 
this time with vengeance. Sometimes we go through years of difficulties and sometimes we go through months of difficulties. Sometimes we go through a long time of periods of of, of struggles that nobody knows what you're going through because you don't tell anybody, you don't talk about it. Sometimes you face things that you've never faced before and sometimes you go through things that you've not shared with anybody. I want to, I want to say something, and I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, when it comes to me and my family, I'm, I'm pretty personal. I don't, I, don't, I don't like to talk about us much. I don't, I don't like to, I don't like to tell you I have trouble sometimes. I don't like to talk about difficulties in my, you know, own family's life. And, and boy, I, I don't like to talk about that stuff. I don't like to talk about when I got a middle daughter that will just drive me absolutely crazy. But I ain't going to tell you a bunch of stuff about her, and I don't feel like that. But, but if you, she's lovely, but then she's... <laughs> well, I could have said something about my wife right there, but I better leave that alone. We all face things. I shared with Brother Randy the other day that I was listening to T.D. Jakes, and some of you might know him and some of you may not, but he's a big television evangelist, lives in Dallas, Texas, and uh, I've seen him a couple times in person, and I, I, like, I think he's very knowledgeable and very good, and he said when he went to Dallas, he had been there a few years, and he said he'd been there for a few years, and, and man's church was booming, growing up in the thousands, and his mother-in-law died, in which his mother-in-law was a mark. Uh, mar- <clears throat> she was just somebody that they loved dearly in the church, and she was just a matriarch of the home. And he said she wasn't like any other normal mother-in-law. She was something special. I don't know what that means about the rest of them, but uh, <laughs> take it for what you want to take it for. But I love mother-in-laws. But anyways, he said that she had died pretty instantly <clears throat> wasn't long after that that his mother his own mother died boom just like that he said then it wasn't long after that my 13 year old daughter come to me and said dad I'm pregnant <clears throat> and me and brother Randy was talking about this the other day that there's not a family in the world that don't go through struggles There's some of you tonight that's got kids that's been on drugs that nobody probably hardly knows about but just you and a few people. Why? Because we don't like to say what's going on in our lives sometimes. We don't like to confess that we're having troubles. But sometimes when we confess that we're having troubles is when God can really move. And I know I'm taking up more time than I should for this prayer meeting, but and I'll quit, but I want to say something about my wife, the little blonde-headed lady back there. I told her the other day, I said, I love you more today than I did the day that we got married. And I do. I do. I love her more today. I, I seen her, when I first met her, 
<clears throat> she was going through some difficulties with her daughter Paige. Her daughter Paige is in the Navy right now. And I don't know if you've ever been a divorced parent or not, and I don't know if you've ever had struggles between the dad and the mom and the fight over the children. And Connie had spent ten thousands of dollars. I mean, I'm talking thousands upon thousands of dollars. And when I married her, we still spent thousands of dollars paying court bills and going through things. And <clears throat> nobody knew about it. Uh, nobody knew what was going on. Matter of fact, I've had some people and said, is Connie really a good mom? Because she didn't have her daughter full time. Connie was in uh, work one time. <clears throat> and when her daughter was in first grade, they just come out and tuck her out of school without uh, telling her. The courts didn't tell her. Nobody told her. They just come and grabbed her and tuck her out of school. And her dad got full custody of her. Connie had full custody of her son. And Connie... Uh, just about went nuts there at work. They had to take her to the doctor. They had to go get her a shot to get her sedative and uh, pray for her, folks. She's still been that way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but she's, uh, she was in bad shape. Then I come along and made her heart pump peanut butter, and she got a little bit better. <laughs> and uh, every weekend, every other weekend, we'd go to Greenville at the police station and had to pick up her daughter and and her daughter would come home and she would just uh, for the weekend Connie just designated every other weekend for her daughter whatever she wanted to do she wanted to go to movies went to movies she wanted to hang around on the couch we'd go to couch and we'd do whatever well make a long story short <clears throat> when she got a little bit older things was happening so bad that uh, there was about a few years there and I don't know how many exactly it seemed like a lifetime but there were several years there that Connie never seen Paige. Me and her talked about it, and she'd cry about it, and she'd break down, and tears would just flow. And if you'd known Connie, you would never know that she was struggling with anything like that, maybe some of her closest friends. But I seen a woman that was dying inside, would get up every morning, make herself look very pretty, go off to Commerce Bank there, and and uh, do her job, come home, cook, do everything she's supposed to do as a wife, never complain, but struggled in her spirit. And she'd look at me and she said, I know that one day that God's going to turn this around for my good. And it wasn't but a couple years ago, maybe, yeah, a couple years ago, her daughter said, I want to come see you, Mom. I don't know how it's going to be, but I want to see you. And immediately, as soon as her daughter seen her, her life began to change, and she began to tell her mom what happened was when she was living with her dad, and I'm not here throwing anybody under the table, but they lied, and they told her a lot of things that wasn't even true, and now her 20-some-year-old daughter lives in Georgia, will not leave Connie alone today, and I know that's because God knows how to work it out for our good. I don't understand why we go through things that we go through, folks. And she could tell you the story better. I don't understand why we face what we face. And I don't understand why you're facing what you're facing tonight. But I can tell you that God knows what he's doing tonight. And God's got your back tonight. Be courageous in the face of rejection. Julius was prone to accept the advice of the ship's captain and pilot 
and all those that succumbered around him. But Paul told him, listen, it's not good. But through it all, Paul still looked at the men and said, listen, I was praying for you tonight. And see, that's the hardest thing to do sometimes is pray in those difficult moments. But when you do, that begins to move heaven tonight. You remember the, 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 the I got to shut this. You remember the, the, the scripture when Daniel was praying and Gabriel, or I think it was Gabriel or Michael the archangel come to him and said, Daniel, I think it was Michael, I think. But anyways, the angel looked at Daniel and Daniel had prayed and it took him about 10 days to get his prayer answered. But Daniel, the angel looked at Daniel and said, let me tell you something. God heard your prayer the first day, but there was a war in the heavens tonight. And can I tell you that God's hearing your prayer? There might be some war going on because, you know, we, fat, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against spiritual wickednesses in high places tonight, church. Stand with me, would you? We're wrestling against spiritual weaknesses in high places. But I know that my Redeemer lives tonight. And I know that he's got you under the palm of his hand tonight. And I know that he's got your life in his hands tonight. And I believe that he's got this thing under control. And if you're not facing nothing tonight, well, I hope this message encourages you for something that does happen later on down the road that you'll remember that God's got your back tonight and that God's on your side and that God's going to see you through the storms of life. Now, I just told you a little bit about what we face. I just told you a little bit about what I face tonight. And I could have told you a couple more things of what we face. But it's not about me. It's about him. It's about him tonight making a way where there seems to be no way. And we come every Wednesday night, most of you do come every Wednesday night, and we pray to a God that we cannot see, believing for a miracle for our own lives or for the world around us or for our friends. We pray that God would just intervene upon our behalf tonight, that God would just move in our lives.